Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes today as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up on December 13th at the Hampton Inn. Tickets are on sale at the website by sarlow.com, so don't miss out on those. We have a second podcast series called Sips of Sanity. It's 10 minutes to 12 minute shows the first week, Monday to Friday of every month. We pick topics that have to do with emotional and spiritual intelligence, and we try to give you a toolkit. Those shows are available at the website only currently. And in very exciting news, we are launching our Patreon account Mm -hmm. this September. And that is a paid membership. It's a tiered program. So you can just buy into whatever access level that you want. Um, And that will give you access to our Coffee with the Sarlos, our Sips of Sanity, and every single method that we can even brainstorm to bring tools to people so that they can use these shows to work through some of the issues that they have. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to get into today's show. We're going to tell them that they can book personal sessions first via Skype, FaceTime, or telephone. And the newest one is Zoom. You can do that by contacting us directly. Our numbers are on the website, bysarlo.com. And you can also submit um, contact or personal requests for the sessions through the website. Thank you. (laughs) I forgot. I got excited because of the content of the show. I know. There's business and there's (laughs) stories and somewhere they've got to meet. Yeah. Okay. So today's show is about four client stories. And the common thread that I chose to go through those stories that people could engage in um, that has to do with the cause of death. Okay. Because as medical intuitives and mediums, you and I get cause of death constantly. Mm. And it, it comes through the synesthesia in that you and I feel what people were feeling when they died yep. and how important that can be. And if you're somebody who has someone who died because perhaps they had cancer and you watched them die and you knew it was their lungs, then you knew they had a sore back. So they know that. Somebody may know those things, but for other people, they may not know what the cause of death was. And it may be a source of anxiety. It can be a source of depression for some people, that someone in my life died this way and I can't get over it. It brings me right back to one of our earliest shows where you were talking about a woman who overdosed on pills, yeah, but by accident. Yes. And actually, it's a study that's been coming out recently talking about the fact that when people are on certain pills, they have no no wherewithal, no consciousness while they're on them. Yeah. And in that show, the police ruled it as a suicide. And for the yeah. family, that was very deeply confusing because yeah. there were no signs. There were no intentions. And yet, to be ruled a suicide and then have to swallow that, and you're doing your reflecting of, did I really know the person? Did I really know what was going on? Yeah. Medical intuitive helps to affirm that so that they can go, okay, I knew them. I knew that this was this was yeah. wrong. And, and too, Kelly, it has something to do with the insurance companies and policies oh, yes. and what pays out and what doesn't pay out. And payout is your support. It's not about greed. Mm-hmm. It's about the fact that while you're grieving, you need financial support yeah. in order to take time away from work. Yeah. And I think, too, it goes to all kinds of other things about how people treat you. So that if you're grieving and somebody was deemed as a suicide, then people treat you a certain way if they know your family member suicided. 
They may not bring it up as much. They may not talk about the person. They may feel awkward. And then to find out, oh, it wasn't a suicide. It was medical. It was, it was that they were out of it enough means that people might bring it up. They might talk about it more. They might not feel like it's embarrassing to you or that it's an awkward conversation. So cause of death is huge. Mm-hmm. And I think the medical intuitive aspect of it is incredibly important. But anyway, so what I did was I did four stories. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I, and I wrote their names down, but for the purposes of the show... I've changed the names so that anybody where we live locally, some people think every story is about the people in our community, and it isn't because we have global clients, but I still change names so that people feel they have their privacy. Okay. So the first story has to do with a mom and a son, and the mom is Ellie and the son is John, and when when she came in, when Ellie came in, She just sat down and said, I'd like medium. My son has passed. And I said, okay, so let me just see if I get him first. And John came in and said, my mom's here because this was deemed an accident. And I said, oh, okay. John, I said, was it an accident? And he went, no, that's the whole reason she's here. She wants to know the truth. She suspects I was murdered. And I said, and? And he said, I was. And I said, okay, then give me details about the accident, please, so that I can affirm this. And he goes, oh, I've got some affirmations for you. You're going to be fine. And I said, okay, but can you go with the accident in particular first? And he said, yeah, it's a boating accident. He says, it's specific. It's not car. It's not vehicle. Lots of people think it's vehicle. He says, no, this is what they termed a boating accident where I was actually killed on purpose. So John explained that it was actually a murder, and there were tons of witnesses, Kelly, all family members to the person who drove the boat that hit him, and many family members who understood that this had been a murder. They all knew that it was premeditated. They all knew that it was to cover up another murder. There was a lot to this situation for this person where she had no ability really to be heard or to really have a voice to be able to bring this up. So she's let it go. She's let it go in the sense of she's not going to the police. She's not questioning it. She's not researching. She's not doing anything. She just wanted a moment with her son. This was about a moment with your child to know they're okay and to ask them what really happened to them. There's nothing you can do to change it now. She just wanted to sit with her son and say what happened to you. And he just came through to say, this is what occurred. And he described about it being a party. He described everything. He'd even described that it was on a holiday weekend. Like he said to her, things like, mom, this was the long weekend in September. Like he gave her the date roughly, September, not July long weekend. He said it was September. And he said, you know, like these things about the actual time, like what happened around the death. And she's not in pursuit of getting justice done. This is just about a mom saying to her son, okay. So I told her all of that. And she said the information was correct. And that she herself had suspected that this was intentional because she knew all the gangs he was in. She knew the bigger picture. And... 
she affirmed those things and said, that was correct. I'm content with your answer. And I said, are you looking for specific information to take now to the police from today's session? And she said, no. She says, I'm not recording. I don't want to go further. I just want to be with my kid. And I said, okay. I said, John, what do you, what do you, what do you need? He says, I need for my mom to know that I love her. He says, I need for her to know that she's right. And that whatever happened here on earth is about their shit. Those people that did all of this and all of the witnesses there. That's all about their stuff. That's all about their lessons. And he and his mom just wanted to sit and hang out and know that they loved each other. That's what really this was all about. And so I told her all of that. And she said, yeah. And I said, um, he says that he has more information. And I'm going to give that to you guys as listeners later. Because I did this purposely in a row Is this, for a reason. Did we work on this together at one point? I don't know. Because you're talking and memories are coming back. Oh, yeah. Well, it's possible because often when these things happen... Well, we do yes and no. Yeah, yeah. We use our systems for validations and you validate the facts for me. Uh, I can't recall, Kelly. This Not, isn't a current story. I, yes, that's what I've I'm gone back many years to, to kind of think of different stories when cause of death was just... Crucial. Crucial. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the second story, Sam is the sister. So Sam came in to ask about a brother, um, but she didn't tell me he had passed. He told me he did, and she confirmed that. And Ed wanted me to tell his sister cause of death. So this was another, she needed to know what the cause of death was. And he said, she believes that it's an accident. And I suicided. But Ed went to the degree of making the suicide look like an accident. Mm. So Ed went fishing. He took his gear. He got into the boat, something he loved to do. He went out on a gorgeous sunny day, put food in it, water in it, made it look totally normal. And then had the motor running and went into the water. And he made it look like he fell overboard. So the rod, he threw the rod into the water. He left some of the other stuff in the boat, but he made it look disheveled Disheveled in the bottom of the boat. Like he took his lunch and he dumped it. He took the water and he tipped it over. So it looked like it had emptied in the boat. So he purposely made it look accidental, but drowned. And she just couldn't understand what happened in the boat. And I don't recall, Kelly, if the police wondered as well, but it was termed an accident. So he came through to say, no, I suicided. Now I'm going to go on to the next story. Okay. The third story is about a dad, Rick, and his son, Jay. And Rick calls in because he's lost a son. So he's told me, I've lost a son. And he says, I really would like to know what happened. That's all he said. And I said, do you mean around cause of death? And he said, yes, I need to understand this. And I said, okay. I said, well, first of all, he's telling me that he was overseas. And oh, God, Kelly, I hated this one because it was war. Mm -hmm. And I said, I see a war. And he goes, that's right. He was in the military. 
And I'm like, okay. So I'm seeing a combat, but I can't see different uniforms. I see all the same uniform. And I see people in his own uniform, which was the United States actually, kill him. So he is murdered by his own, his own people, but the military says he died in combat. And I'm confused. I'm, I'm not understanding this. So was that an accident that he died with his, own, like, with his own people? Was this something where a gun went off? Like, I don't understand because there's so much commotion in what I'm seeing, what I'm watching, like a movie. So I had to just literally say to him, Jay, what happened here? You have to explain more. Just sit in front of me and tell me because what I'm seeing isn't clear. And I want to point that out to people because sometimes they think, oh, good, I want a medium who's clairvoyant that sees things. That's not always the best thing. We need to be able to use all of the gifts so that we can say to the dead person, what I see doesn't make any sense to me. Like what he told me is what I'm giving you. Yeah, you need the clarity of two things. So I said, Jay, what happened? And he said, well, he said, you can tell my dad that that I was gay. And I said, okay, does this have to do with the death? And he goes, yeah. Oh, fuck. And I said, and he says, but you can tell, because my dad was the one that knew that I figured that I was gay. It's like, he discovered this about himself. But then I discovered that I was bi. And he goes, you got to tell my dad both. He says, because that was something I had disclosed to him pretty close mm-hmm. to my death. And everybody thought I was gay, not bi. And I said, oh. I said, so that's, that's the affirmation? And he goes, yes. He goes, so tell him that. And he says, but the cause of death is that the people around me um, were the ones that killed me. And it was because I was gay. That was their reason. They just figured they were far from home. Nobody knew. They were out in the desert. It was just who's going to know as long as we all agree to it and we all keep the same lie. Nobody's ever going to know the difference. And, and that's true to a degree because you only have those people there, right? So if that group is locked into killing that person and keeping it a secret, it stays a secret, right? It really does. Unless you have a medium that comes along and says, no, and actually gives enough proof about those people or him or his dad that can prove it. In a court of law, that's never going to stand up. But a dad doesn't give a shit for court of law. No. He wants to know what happened to his son. Oh, yes. And I think that's the difference between what we can do for the person or the family emotionally and as individuals Versus that we have to prove it for a court system. Mm. The fourth story is about a mother and a daughter. So there's a, a daughter that calls in and wants to know how her mother died. And the mom's name is Christine. So I said to the daughter, You're, you want to know about your mom's death? And she says she's your biological mother and that I'm supposed to differentiate because you don't know anything about her. And she said, that's right. And I said, you do have an adoptive mother and you're very well aware and you were your whole life that she was your adoptive mother. She told you right from the time you were a child. And I said, but you wanted to find out where your biological mother was. 
And I said, you did discover all of this? And she said, yes, I did. And she says, but I want to know information about my biological mother's death. And I thought, yeah, that's fair. Because sometimes if it's medical, eh, Kelly, like... Oh, yeah, your family history is important. Yeah. And I said, well, I said, she says that she died of illness and that this is important to you because you want it to be important in your life. Like, how do you take better care of yourself? I said, you're a very proactive person. And she said, that's right. And I said, and there's more information. And I'll tell you guys that in a moment as well. So she wanted to know about her biological mother's death because she had never met her and she didn't, she didn't know. Okay. So those are the four stories. Now, the reason that I thought this was going to be a really cool show is not just because of the stories, Kelly, but because of the importance of the affirmations when we can't confirm them. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these people in these stories are, well, they're past. So how do we say technically here's, here's proof? And each of these people wanted proof only for their own purposes. They weren't looking for proof to say this is going to a court system or this is going to insurance companies or I'm going to tell everybody in the family. They wanted it for their own peace of mind. And they wanted verbal affirmations. Yeah. I think that's important to point out because some people do want you to say, where was the body found or where yep. will I find the body? Mm-hmm. And that's very physical. So they're they're intending to actually go out and find something tangible. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas most of our affirmations are verbal and we need we need people to be able to accept it at that. Maybe that that's the depth it can go to. Yeah. So it's the intention. You're talking about each person's intention and what the affirmations can do. No, you are. Okay. I'm talking about the extent of the gifts sometimes. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. Because there are people that have gone missing in mm-hmm. this accidental murder mm-hmm. where we can't give them a physical location. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what they can do to accept. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought what I would do then is go through each of the four stories to show how the affirmations helped each of the four people. Yeah, that's great. Okay. Yay. Okay. So in the first story with Ellie and John, John says to me, in order to kind of prove this to my mom, you're going to need some information. And I said, yeah, I am. (laughs) I said, yeah, I'd love some, John. And he turns around and he shows me his back. And at first when I see his back, it's very curved, but he's a kid. He's just a small kid. So he changes his age. So instead of being in his mid-30s or whatever, he goes down to being like a four-year-old. So he's standing, he's walking, talking, but he's a child. And he shows me a really curved back. And then he shows me a straighter back. And I said, oh, I said, and he shows me a scar. And I said, John, you had back surgery to correct your spine. And he goes, that's right. And I said, that's significant. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And then he shows me that as he grows up, so he changes his body to become like a teenager, and he shows me his back, and he's got a tattoo around the scar. So you can still see the scar 
but there's a tattoo there. And I was just about to say something and his body starts to morph and change again. And there's another tattoo layer on it. So it's more complicated and you can't see the scar. And then there's another tattoo, another layer, more on his back and it's changed again. (laughs) And then he shows me this like multiple times that he has multiple tattoos that eventually like his back is like a mural, but you can't see the scar at all. You're just so focused on seeing all of the beauty all over his back of nature, and he's got all of these things that have meanings to him just all over his back. It's like his life story is on his back. So I said to his mom, Ellie, I said, John had surgery around four years old. And she said, yeah, four-ish. And I said, okay, I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it if it's not exactly four. And I said, to correct spinal structure. And she said, yes, that's correct. And I said, and then in teenage years, he gets his first scar or his first tattoo to cover the scar. And she goes, yep. And I said, but there are several layers of tattooing till his back is like, it's like a mural. It's just beautiful. And I said, he starts with like the black tattoos. I don't know what you call that, Kelly, if they're just like skin color and dark ink. You don't have to call it anything. It's oh. just black ink. Okay. Sometimes, depending on what the image is, it can be a silhouette. But oh. sometimes it's just an outline not filled in or colored in. Okay. And I said, and then over the years, he fills it in with multiple layers, with colors, with scenes, with things of images that are not all connected. It's almost like he's got quadrants where you can see that there are different meanings in different areas, but they blend I don't know how to describe that. That's just art. I don't know how to really describe it. But anyway, her response was, that's John. So she got her validation so that she could believe what he said to her about cause of death through that validation. She sat back and went, that's John. That You're not getting that confused with any of my other kids or anybody else's other story I've ever heard. So that gives her what she needs. Then moving on to Sam and Ed, the brother and sister. I said to Ed, what do you need for Sam to really be able to believe that it's you, sweetie? And he says, it's so simple, Karen. We're twins. (laughs) And I said, okay, hon. I said, I'm going to, I will say that. So I turned to Sam and I said, sweetie, this is your twin. And she goes, that's it. That's all she needed. Yeah. Because she didn't walk in and give me a picture. And that's something that you and I often say to yeah. people. Please don't give us pictures. We don't want anything given to us where we can guess or people can think, oh, well, she Infer, already knew this. Yeah, nothing. So the third story is Rick and Jay. And Jay said to me, Karen, the big affirmation between my dad and I is his whole behavior and attitude towards my life. And he said, so my dad sat me down and had this life talk with me, saying that purpose was to discover who one is. And he said, in the conversation of life purpose, was that your life purpose would be things like who your partner is, uh, what your job is, what your personality is. Do you like art? Do you like the guitar? Do you like the drums? 
How do you like gardening? What kind? What kind of food? Like he said, there was just so many things that my dad explained were my character and that I had a right to change the types of foods that I liked, the types of careers that I was going to do with everything else in my personality, and that change was good, and that trying things was good. And it wasn't about perfection. It wasn't about how things looked for the public. Well, you're also talking about fluidity. Yeah. Which we're now seeing more publicly that sexuality is fluid. Yes. And his dad somehow totally got all of this. Mm -hmm. And he said, my dad was fine as I went through figuring out that first I thought I was heterosexual, then I thought I was gay, and then I thought I was bi. And he said, during every single step, every single time I tried new relationships, new thoughts, new beliefs about myself or about other people, he said my dad would just say things like, cool. My dad didn't go up and he didn't go down. He just went, cool. And I said, oh, so if I say something to him like that all of this was quote unquote cool, that your dad would get it? And he goes, oh, totally. And he says, you could say it like even in that tone of voice and he would, he's going to respond. So I turned to Rick and I did say all of those things. And he just said, I like this. You're nailing my son dead on because you're saying what my response was to all of it. Mm -hmm. And only he and I knew my response to be on that level. And I said, okay. So Rick got his affirmations that it, in fact, was Jay and how Jay truly did die by describing their relationship and by describing his, his own response to his son's life and his own beliefs and attitudes as to how you raise a young man. I love that you brought this as one of the four examples because mm-hmm. so often people just want the physical attributes. Mm-hmm. So often they just want to hear the physical things that happened mm-hmm. throughout life. Mm-hmm. And they get visibly frustrated when we describe a relationship or attitudes or belief systems. Yeah. And you're seeing in Rick how it was what he valued. Yes, because it's Rick's whole personality to be this type of human being. Yeah, but I want to point out in that, that some people who are rude about it make the assumption or of the belief that everyone has the same belief system, that everyone would behave the same way or react the same way. Yeah. And he didn't walk in saying, well, doesn't everyone just say cool? Yeah. You know, he walked in and said, that's how I respond to my son. Yeah. 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 That's good. I like Mm. how you pointed that out. Okay. So the fourth story was Taylor and Christine. So this was the daughter, mother with the biological mother overseas that dies. And the biological mom says, my death was multiple sclerosis. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I said, and she goes, I had congestive heart failure with it. And I said, okay. And I said, I will tell her that. And she goes, yeah, go ahead. So I told Taylor this and it did hit a chord in Taylor because she has multiple sclerosis. And so she just looked at me and went, oh. And there was such a moment 
between all three of us, I felt included in that moment where Taylor just sat there and went, oh my God, my mother knows everything I feel. Mm. Oh my God, my mom understands when I'm numb. My mom gets it when I feel my vision and my eyes going quickly or my muscles are shutting down and I can't lift up my leg today or I'm dragging my hip and or I have to have an injection or this drug had this side effect. She goes, my mom gets everything. And I said, she really does, hon. So her mom found, Christine found a way to give her one piece of information. To make her feel less alone? To make her feel connected? Beautiful, eh? I think it's what we want from our parents at all stages of the game. Yeah. And, and this wasn't, um, did my mom have brown hair, blue eyes? Mm-hmm. Did she look like me? Do I have her nose? And that can be important to somebody else. But this was a piece of information that Christine knew was going to mean everything to her daughter. Mm-hmm. Far more than did we just get each other's genes and what we look like. Mm-hmm. But this explains what I'm experiencing in this lifetime. And as you said, my mom gets it. We're connected. Mm. Cool. Yeah. I like that you weaved the four together. We don't often do multiples in a show. Yeah. And you know what, Kelly? I mean, I have the guides to thank for this because I just woke up one morning and they said, this is your podcast show and these are your stories. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even remember them all. So I had to sit there and go, well, who was that? Well, who was this? And I have changed names. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. And we always disclaim that because it's part of our ethics mm-hmm. to do so. Mm-hmm. But I just, and they said they wanted the show to be called Cause of Death. That's what I labeled it. I literally already wrote it and saved part one to our computer. <laughs> and I started it. typing one thing and like backspaced and wrote Cause of Death. Really? Literally. Oh, I good job. It. That's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm done. <laughs> Just freaking done. Okay. Cool. So if you have questions, and you should, if you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, we are back next Saturday with a brand new podcast.